Well, good morning. One more time, Victory Midtown. Are y'all excited to be at church this morning? Yeah, y'all have to be excited because it's raining outside. It's on Christmas time. Y'all are here in the house, and I'm excited to see you. Well, listen, before we jump into the message, I just want to let you know that Kendra and I missed you guys terribly last week, uh, but we were at Norcross campus and they were, we were being interviewed about the Christmas gift to the world, but I'm excited to be back today and you guys showed up and showed out in grand fashion. I want to let you know that last week, in the first week of our Christmas gift to the world offering, we have already broken a record. Somebody's like, what is that record? So last year, for context, for those of you who are new and you don't know what I'm talking about, for context, last year we gave to two organizations, one international and one that was local, to eradicate human sex trafficking. And we raised as a church over all three campuses over $700,000 at the end of the year to do that. That's somewhere to give God praise. And this year, like Emily said, we're excited because if you didn't know, this is not where we're going to be forever. This is a temporary home for us as God continues to show us where he wants to plant us so that we can really be a equipping and sending center and a ministry hub right here in Midtown. And as Pastor Dennis kind of let the cat out the bag a little bit last week, uh, we think we have found where that location is going to be. So we want you to pray, keep praying, keep blessing God because we're excited. We just, we're doing our due diligence. We're walking through those things. But I want to let you know on last week alone, again, last year we gave $700,000. On last week alone in the first week, we gave $429,000. Y'all can do better than that. Y'all can do better. In one week, in one week, and we're not done yet. Our goal this year is $800,000 as we will be able to take part in that and utilize it for what we're doing here and the ministry school in Uganda. So again, if you have not had the opportunity to give to that yet, go ahead because we believe that we can go into our new location debt-free. I'm excited about that. We want to go in debt-free. Well, listen, today we are in a series called Come Home for Christmas. Come Home for Christmas. And we're talking about what it means to really celebrate the real reason for the season. And for me, as I've been saying over the last several weeks, we are just days away from not only going into a new year, but going into a new decade. And as we're looking at that, I believe that we're in a time especially as I know this congregation well, that we are people who want to go into the new year focused. We want to go into the new year focused, we want to finish strong, and we want to start strong. And as I look at this and as I kind of contemplate what God is saying at the end of the year, this is not just a time for us to make New Year's resolutions. This is not just a time for us to say, oh, I'm going to do this next year, I got 2020 vision, I have clarity, all of that. That's great. But I believe more than just making New Year's resolutions, God wants us to make a new year revelation of who we are. He wants us to get a new year's revelation of who he's creating us to be, who he wants us to operate as as we're moving forward. So as we're looking to do this, I want us to really take this time from Christmas to New Year's to really have a time of recalibration. This is a time where we slow down. Every year at Christmas, you have seven days between Christmas and New Year where you're able to say, okay, God, let me take inventory of what I'm doing and where I'm going in this new year. And as we look to do this, we want to make sure that we're not just doing this with selfish ambition, that we're not just doing this for motives that are only self-serving, but we want to make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. We want to make sure that we are doing the things that God has planned for us and that we get tapped into what he wants and what he's already speaking. So as we look at the significance for Christmas, many times, I know you know this, the significance of Christmas gets hijacked around this time. 
People start thinking about holiday parties. You're thinking about what gifts you have to get this person. You're out shopping and doing things for people that really don't really care about you. Sometimes you're getting gifts out of obligation for family members that you know they would just be mad if you didn't give them something. And I don't know about you, but if you've been to the mall in the last several days, it's chaos. Yesterday, my wife and I, we were at the mall, we were at Lenox, and I'm telling you, as we came through that Holy Spirit series over the last month or so, I had to employ everything that I preached to make sure that I had patience working for me. I literally started to pray in the Spirit and say, Lord, you're going to have to open up a parking spot for me. And yes, he did it. <laughs> Won't he do it? He did it. And my wife, she parked a little somewhere different than me, and she ended up taking an hour and a half to get out of the parking lot. Why am I saying all of that? Because it took a lot of Jesus out of her. By the time we got home, I had to give her a big old hug. We had to have a good time and kumbaya. But what I'm saying is that there are all these different things going on that steal the real reason for the season. We can be out here doing what we know we want to do for people, but we can still find ourselves missing it a little bit. So as we're talking about today, talking about coming home for Christmas, I want us to come outside of that anxiety that we feel in the Christmas season. I want us to come outside of feeling obligated to do something. And we want to focus today on the true gift, the true reason for the season. And if you're still guessing what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about, the real reason for the season is Jesus Christ. The real reason for the season is Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that? I don't want it to be anything that we don't even get that today. We want to make sure we're focused. So today... For a focus area, if you want to write this down, if you're following by you version, you'll see it. Today, we are talking about recognizing the gift of Christmas. Recognizing the gift of Christmas. Now, when I think about Christmas, immediately my mind kind of computes in a certain kind of way, and it breaks the word Christmas down. Immediately, Christmas starts to say to me, Christ, which is our Savior, our Redeemer, the Messiah, the one who came over 2,000 years ago and was birthed and then died on the cross for our sins. But then the second word, the second part of that is mas. Now, I know there might be some theologians in the room. I know that the root word or the etymology from mas comes from a word masa or misa. It's talking about really deploying people out into the work of God for the service of God. But I'm going to tell you, I'm thinking real simply today. I'm not going that deep. My mind goes to Google Translate. My mind, as a matter of fact, goes to Google uh, Translate Spanish. So the mas part for me says more. So when I'm thinking about Christmas, I'm thinking about Christ more. And what I want us to do, I want to invite you into my thought process today so that we all, during this season, we don't get so caught up into what the world says Christmas is about and that we slow down, that we start to reflect, that we start to dig in and do what? Lean in to what God has for us as we think about Christ the more. Now, if you're waiting on a very big revolutionary or revelatory title or a first statement, let me give you something. It's super simple. The real reason for Christmas is to focus on Christ more. Write that down. The real reason for Christmas is to focus on Christ more. And what we know is that we need to take this time to recognize, acknowledge his existence in our lives, and not let this be something that we just let go by us. And as we do this for a few moments today, as we celebrate what God is doing through Christmas gift to the world, as we celebrate you being a great church who gives generously, that we don't have to beat you over the head talking about tithes and offering and things like that. As we are always often taught about giving, today I want to shift our focus a little bit and have you receive. 
Is somebody in here ready to receive today? So as we receive today and we shift our minds into a mindset of receiving versus giving today, I want to do something because as we focus on the gift of Christmas, we need to kind of slow down. And I do this particular thing that I'm getting ready to do when we have our forward classes or when we have membership classes. Because in this city that we live in, especially in Atlanta, maybe not on Sunday, but we are all dealing with a lot of stress even to get to point A to point B. And what I want us to do is just to kind of center ourselves for a moment. We're not going to do yoga, but we are going to exercise some centering right now. So if you'll do me a favor, just close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment. I want you to close your eyes, and then we're going to take three deep breaths because I don't want us to be so anxious thinking about what the world is telling us about Christmas that we miss the focus on Jesus the Christ. So follow me. We're going to take three deep breaths, and we're going to center ourselves in this moment. Take that first deep breath in. Blow it out. Take another deep breath in. Blow it out. Take one more deep breath in and blow it out. You can open your eyes now. I hope that as you have just had that opportunity to do that, that that's something that you carry even throughout this week. Because you're going to be tempted, I'm telling you, you're going to be tempted this week to get right back in the hustle and bustle of things. You're going to get tempted this week when somebody calls you and say, are you coming over for this dinner? Are you coming over for this particular function to feel like you have to be all things to all men? But I want to let you know that this week is a time to reflect and to reconnect. Now, as I was preparing for this message, I saw something that my wife actually posted on social media, and I said I wanted to share it with you today. She posted this post on on social media this week, and she said, hey, friend, thank you for the present of your presence. Hey, friend, thank you for the present of your presence. When I looked at that, I could have easily said, okay, that was cute. I said, oh, man, while that is very simple, it is also very profound. Because what she was doing in that moment when she put that meme out there, when she put that out there, she was really trying to just thank people who were either closely or even loosely connected to her and thanking them for their contribution in their lives. She was thanking them because in some way, form, or fashion, she was able to be connected to them. And she said, I don't want you to take for granted that I value your presence in my life as a present, that I value who you are to me as a gift. And what I want to do today, I want to use that same train of thought for us to be able to take time this week with Jesus on Wednesday before we start ripping through gifts and talking to different people to slow down and say, Jesus, I want to thank you for the present of your presence. Jesus, I want to make sure that I don't commercialize Christmas and that I know the real reason for the season. Because if we're not careful, what will happen is we will do what happened about over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was birthed on the scene and many people missed the significance of him coming on the scene. We live in a very polarizing society. Today, there are so many things going on in politics. There are so many things in business. There are so many things even in religion where in politics we hear all this impeachment talk. In business, you're hearing about trade talk. In religion, you're talking about, well, I'm on this side or or that side of a particular issue. But as we're looking through this and getting really honed in to the present of his presence, we want to make sure that as Jesus was announced on earth and as as we celebrate him now, that we're not just sitting here letting it go over our heads. So I want to read to you the stating of Jesus coming into the earth. 
So if you would turn your Bibles to or turn your device on to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. This sets the scene and announces Jesus coming into the earth as a baby. It says, that night there were shepherds standing in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now, as I read that, that again sets the tone for when Jesus came on the scene. But what I really picked out of that, I, re I was reminded when it says the armies of heaven, they were having a praise party. The way I saw it, because again, I try to bring this thing really real, bring it to me. I said, I think some angels up there, they were kind of milly-rocking and kind of having a good time, saying glory to God in the highest. We're ready to move with the peace on earth. And what I want us to do is make sure that we don't let the angels outpraise us. I want to make sure that we don't let those who celebrated him 2,000 years ago, let it become just normal that we have a Savior. So as we're moving through this and we're putting our minds to understand who Jesus is, the reality is so many people know of Jesus but don't know who he is to them. There's something they want to put on the screen because every year you see different magazines featuring Jesus. You see him on Time magazine. You see him on Newsweek. You see him on Life magazine. And what's happening when you see this is that there are people who would say there are 100 most influential people in this earth, and Jesus oftentimes comes as, comes as number one. But the thing is, it's not enough to just know of Jesus. The thing that we have to do is know what Jesus came to do for us and who he is to us personally. You know those people that you see on social media? You say you're their friend, but you don't know them. You know them by what they see and what they promote, but we want to make sure that we have an intimate relationship with the one we call Savior. So let me make this clear. Jesus is the gift that we're focusing on. Jesus is this gift that actually affects our past, our present, and our future. Now, I want to give some of y'all something because some of us are in here today and you're like, okay, Mo, I get this. You know, I'm not going to really be around a lot of family. I don't have anybody that's going to give me a present this year. You know, what do you have for me? I'm going to tell you, I got something for you. If you weren't going to get a tangible gift this year, I'm going to tell you, I have three gifts that are being unwrapped for you right now. So I want you just to follow me on a journey real quick as I share with you the three gifts that each and every one of us can partake in when we recognize the gift that Jesus is and when we unwrap who he is in our presence. Number one, the first gift that we get when we unwrap who Jesus is is that we have to understand that we receive complete forgiveness for our past. Complete forgiveness for our past. Now, you may be saying, okay, I get that. You know, I've given my life to Christ, but I want to let you know we're not talking about a partial forgiveness. We're not talking about a circumstantial forgiveness. We're not talking about this forgiveness that is like, okay, Jesus can forgive me for everything but that. Because the reality is some of us put conditions on Jesus. 
Some of us say, well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know that I've done this thing that nobody knows about. There are people in here that may be saying, okay, people publicly know me as this person, but what about that abortion that I had that nobody knows about that I'm still beating myself up on? What about that DUI that I had that I just had a little bit too much to drink at my, at my social club with my job, and then I got in an accident and it was actually a hit and run? Yeah, they don't know about it, but I know about it, and I'm still holding myself in that. For whatever your circumstance might be, whatever, however big or how small that thing is, I want to let you know that there's a Savior who forgives you of your past. You can give God praise for that because all of us need that Savior. And as you see in verse 11 of that second chapter of Luke, it says the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, this key word in that scripture is Savior. And let me tell you what a Savior is, because I don't want to take anything for granted, because I believe there are some people in here today that are going to be truly forgiven of their past and are going to be able to walk into a bright future. Our Savior is the one who saves by delivering, preserving, healing, and providing. Let me say it one more time. It's, a, it's one who saves by delivering, preserving, healing, or providing. As a matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 2 breaks it down like this, for by his loving favor, let me tell you, Jesus loves you. He's not someone that's looking at you, trying to look down on you and say, oh, you know, you did this wrong and I'm holding you to that standard. By his loving favor, you have been saved from the punishment of sin through faith. It is not by anything you have done. One more time. It is not by anything you have done. So for the religious people in the room, you didn't do enough to save yourself. For those who felt like they've been in the way for a long time, you have been in the way for a long time. Jesus is saying, I am the one who gives it to you, and it is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. Because here's the statement that I need you to grab. It's super simple. I'm going to be very simple and practical today, but I want us to grab this. Everything in God starts with a revelation that I need a Savior. Everything in God starts with a revelation that I need a Savior. Because the reality is that you cannot be saved until you realize you need a Savior. You can't receive help until you realize that you need to ask for help. And as we're walking through this, I need to make a public service announcement and actually be pastor just for a moment because as I was preparing this message, I believe that there are many people in here who just see Jesus as saved. Some of y'all are like, what you talking about? Some of us just see Jesus as saved. What I'm saying is that we see him as partial deliverer. We don't see him as savior, we see him as saved. Because we're still holding on to certain things that nobody else knows about, that nobody else even feels like they care about. But God is saying, if you can receive me as a complete deliverer, I want to fulfill you from every single thing that you felt that was uh, holding you back in the past. So as we're looking at this, I want us to know, you might not think that you can actually be forgiven, but you can be forgiven. Because as we're looking into this new year, as we're looking to go out of 2019 and into 2020, some of us need to leave the memory of 2019 and before behind us. Because there's a new thing that God wants to do for you in 2020. I'm not here just trying to make announcements for you to hype you up to get into the new year. I want to make sure that we are walking in the new year with the right posture. So here it is. When you receive the gift of Jesus, you leave a couple things behind. 
You leave past mistakes behind. You leave choices behind. You leave certain fears behind. And you even leave your old identity behind. Some of us need to do something. I want everybody to do this. Look behind you real quick and hold it for a second. Look behind you for a second. Now look back at me. That's the last time that I want you looking back to your past. Yeah, that's the last time that I want you looking back. That's not just a cute religious thing we're talking about in church, because when you leave out of here, some of us are going to get a text that tries to pull us back in our past. If you can't say amen, just say ouch. We know we're going to do this, but we need to walk through it with focus, because here's the thing. You may have done what they say you did, but I'm here to announce me. You are no longer who they say you are. You are a new creation. And this is not just a motivational speech. The, the scriptures say it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, this means that anyone who be belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a what? Come on, church. All of this is a what? It's a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. So as we're looking at this, you may be saying, all right, I appreciate that. That's good. And some of us may be still sitting here saying, well, I think I'm, I'm pretty good. I want everyone just to raise your hand for a second. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All of us need a Savior. None of us are good all the time. And let me show you for some of y'all that like the old stories of Santa Claus. Let me read this letter to you just to put it in perspective. Here's a letter to Santa from a little boy. He said this, Dear Santa, there are three boys living in this house. Jeffrey is two. Daniel is four, and Norman is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good a little bit more of the time. But Norman is good all the time. Dear Santa, I am Norman. <laughs> That's how some of us want to walk around. We want to walk around like I'm perfect all the time, I'm good, and I'm here to burst your bubble and say, no, you're not. Because what would happen if we put an ID on you, a YouTube channel on you 24-7, 365? You would be able to easily more say, okay, I need help, I submit, I need a Savior. So we might as well get that out the way and understand that none of us deserve salvation. But through the gift of Jesus Christ, we get salvation. So as we're walking through this, today there are some people in the room that can receive complete forgiveness of your past so that we move into this next year as a whole new person. Would anybody in here like to move into the new year as a new person? I thought I was in the right room. So as we're looking at this, here's the good news. The second thing that we receive as we unwrap and as we recognize Jesus as our gift is that we receive perfect peace for our present. Perfect peace for our presence. Somebody say, yeah, I need that. Oh, Lord, you don't know what I've been through. We all need peace because this is a great benefit of what God has for us. The Bible says in verse 14 of that second chapter of Luke, it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now, you might have just said right there at the end, well, it said for those who God is pleased. I'm telling you, if you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and he's your Savior, he's pleased with you. He's pleased with you because he now only sees you through the blood of Jesus. Because this peace that we're talking about, this is a huge benefit that all of us could use some of. Because the reality is, 
Anxiety is actually one of the number one forms of mental illness in the world today. If you look down your row, go ahead and look down your row. Look down your row. One out of those five people that you just looked at, looked at may be suffering from anxiety right now. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because you do not have to be trapped by the thing that's trying to trap you. You don't have to be trapped by the things that's trying to hold you back and say you're not good enough or this pressure is on you. Jesus wants you to accept the Prince of Peace. He wants you to accept him as the one who gives you this peace. Let me tell you what peace is if you didn't know. I want to make this very plain. Peace is a state in which a person is not bothered by thoughts or feelings or of doubt, guilt, and worry. Let me say that one more time. Peace is a state in which a person is not bothered by thoughts or feelings of doubt, guilt, and worry. Why am I taking my time and actually talking about that? Because I didn't say peace was the absence of worry. I didn't say peace was the absence of certain things coming at you. I said you are not bothered by the things that try to come around you. You know the memes, I'm bothered. You have to be a type of person that as you go into this new year, no matter what's coming on around you, no matter what storms may be flailing around you, you're able to say, I'm unbothered. Because I have the Prince of Peace walking with me. Because I have peace that is my joy now. And what I want you to know is that peace is not just the absence of trouble. As a matter of fact, peace is not the absence of challenge. Peace is actually the presence of Jesus in the challenge. I'm going to say it a different way for this side of the room. Peace is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. And his name is Jesus. So as we're walking through this peace, we have to understand that this is something that works on us from the inside out. This is not something that we're actually accommodating those things that happen on the outside. The Bible tells us right here in John chapter 16, verse 33 in the message paraphrase. It says it like this, and hear these words very carefully. I've told you all this that so in trusting me, you will be what? Come on, church, I need y'all to follow me. You will be what? You will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. That's an announcement. You will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart because I've conquered the world. Theologian Thomas Watson said it like this. Hear this. If God be our God, he will give us peace in trouble. When there is a storm without, he will make peace within. The world can create trouble in peace, but God can create peace in trouble. Many of us have heard the old scripture that people like to reference. When Jesus was on the water, he was sleeping in the boat, and then things started going crazy. The disciples woke him up, and they started to say, do you not care that we perish? And Jesus got up in that moment, and he said, listen, oh, you of little faith. Let me show you something. He had to start speaking to the wind. He started speaking to the waves, and he said, peace, be still. Now, a lot of times we hear that, but I want to break this down in the Mo commentary. I believe Jesus was right there in that moment. What he was telling them is that this wind, these waves, all, this thing that, all these things that are going on, let me tell you something, that's actually peace. The peace that he was actually talking about was the waves, was the turbulence, were the things that were keeping them off. But what he wanted to show them in that moment, he says, as long as I, Jesus, am with you, 
You can be in the midst of the storm and still be okay in peace. But for the time being, let me just tell peace to be still for a moment so I can get your attention. And I believe that Jesus is saying the same thing to some of us today, that we're thinking that things are going to stop, things are going to slow down. But he wants to remind us, just like he did then, that you can stand up yourself and say, peace, be still. Peace, be still. I know there are things going on. I'm not going to be drawn out by the things that are coming on the outside. I'm going to stand with fortitude by what's on the inside of me, and that is the peace of Jesus. Can you just say that and practice it? Peace, peace. be still. That's something that we have to rehearse as we walk through this year. Now, John chapter 14, verse 27 says it like this, and I'm going to move on after this because I need to share some practical things with you. John 14, 27, it says, I give you peace, this kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the peace that the world can give, so don't be worried and afraid. Now, we're coming out of cuffing season. Yeah, I'm in your house today. Because some of us have been using cuffing season, Netflix and chilling, drinking a little too much, smoking a little too much, eating a little too much to try to bring peace. And what Jesus is saying to us, even through this scripture, he's saying, listen, the peace that the world tries to give you through these outside influences, if you would just submit to me, I want to show you a new brand of peace. I want to show you a new brand of peace that none of these things can even touch and even get close to. But here's the thing, we have to be willing to take him at his word. And the practical things that we allow to steal our peace are some quick things that I want to share with you. One of the peace stealers that we often see is noise. Our cell phones going off and going off and dinging and the notifications for this and notifications for that. Some of you might be like me, I don't even have notifications on my phone. It doesn't even make, a, make noise because I look at it enough to make sure I get all my messages. But with that same noise, you may have heard of FVS, false vibrating syndrome. Have you ever not even had your phone on, on, on notification and you're still looking at it feeling like it's vibrating? That's because we've gotten so used to the noise that we make it a regular part of our lives. What's another uh, peace stealer that we have? Undisciplined schedules. Yeah. Some of us this week, what, I, what do I mean? Somebody's going to call you this week trying to get you to come to something that you didn't plan on going to. Now, I'm not saying just be a hermit and just say no like Scrooge. But what I am saying is that you have to know where your purpose to be. You have to know that you have to set some parameters in your life because sometimes you can get to a good place that's not a God place. It's all right. Y'all can clap at Victory Midtown. Y'all know that, right? All right, I just want to make sure you know. You're not clapping for me. I just want you to know you can get the amen corner. Another noise stealer is ungratefulness. Ungratefulness. How many of you go around holding up gratefulness and you don't know that if you just say thank you about some things, that will give you peace? Thank you is something that actually allows the stress that is coming on the inside of you to flow through you as you show God gratitude. Every day you wake up in the morning, from the time you put your foot on the ground, from the time you wake up and take that first breath, just say, thank you, Jesus. Just wake up and say, thank you, God. I thank you for your peace that's going to be with me all throughout this day. The last one that I want to share with you is this. Inconsistent time with God is a peace stealer. Why am I saying this two weeks before the last day of the year? It's because I believe God wants to set some things up so that you go into this next decade with a foundation of peace. 
Because when you spend, let me tell you, you don't have to make this hard. It might be five minutes of intentional time with God. It might be an hour of intentional time with God. Anywhere in between, you need to know that he wants to give you your marching orders in the morning before you even get out. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you'll be subject to everything that comes your way. Real peace, take this down, real peace is knowing that the closer I get to Christ, the more I am able to control my emotions, the more that I can easily forgive others, and the more that I can work through difficulties. I'm going to say that again. That's not on the screen. That's not on you version. That's a bonus for some of y'all that like to take notes. Real peace is knowing that the closer I get to Christ, the more I'm able to control my emotions, the more I can easily forgive others, and the more I can work through difficulties. And I just believe that today, some of us right here today at 384 North Yards at the gathering spot, we can actually walk out of here with a new peace. I don't want to see you in the new year stressed out. I want to see you in the new year walking with perfect peace as your mind is stayed on Jesus. Which takes me to the most important thing that we get when we unwrap and recognize the gift of Jesus. And it's the gift of eternal life for my future. The gift for eternal life for my future. Now don't clock out on me now if you already say I'm saved, I've already given my life to Jesus, because I believe, again, like I said before, some of us have only been partially giving God our lives. And today we want to make sure that we set ourselves up in the right place to receive this gift of eternal life and walk in the abundance of life that he has for us right here on earth. Hear this. We don't talk about this a lot in church anymore these days in our modern contemporary society. But I want to let you know, there is a real hell and there is a real heaven. There is a real hell and there is a real heaven. And as we look at this, we have to know that the only way we even get into heaven is, is we have to make sure that we have a buffer. That buffer is Jesus. That reconciler is Jesus. Because if we are not perfect, we couldn't get into heaven. So some of y'all are like, I don't have a shot. <laughs> Let me tell you how you do have a shot. You have a shot when you give your life to Jesus. You are now seen as perfect when before you were seen as blemished. I preached a message about last year. I put on some red glasses and I said, listen, when God sees you, he sees you red. When God sees you, he only sees through the lens of the blood of Jesus when you've given your life to him. And now you're forgiven and able to walk in heaven as a redeemed person in Christ. So the story of Christmas that we're talking about, this is not about us just making you feel good. We sung a little bit longer today because we said we need to make sure that we accentuate who Jesus is. We need to make sure that we give God all his props today. But the scripture that wraps all this up that we're talking about that calls on the name of Jesus is the scripture that you see at baseball games, at basketball games, at football games. What's that scripture? Don't be scared. John 3.16. Let me read it for you. It says this from the CEV version. God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. Never really die. See, here's what I want to make to, as an announcement to somebody that you maybe have come in here today, you have not already given your life to Christ, or if you feel like you are not secure in your salvation. I want you to know that when Jesus was born on the earth, 
the possibility of eternal life was birthed right there with him. When Jesus came on the earth as a baby, right then, now our whole trajectory of life was changed in an instant because now we had the opportunity to receive him as redeemer. But my question is to you, and I want you to raise your hand on this, do you believe in eternal life? Come on, if you believe in eternal life, raise your hand. If you don't, I'm going to pray for you in a minute. But because the, real, the reality is we live in a world where there are so many different mindsets. There's pluralism. There are different religions that are saying there are different ways, but I'm here to make an announcement without any kind of uh, apologizing. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And we have to receive him as redeemer. So here's the thing. In a world that we live, and we're always talking about YOLO, you only live once. Let me live for the moment, not worrying about the, pet, the things that are in front of me. When we're in a world talking about FOMO, fear of missing out, we have to be those people who are saying, listen, I'm not going to miss out on eternity for something that's just very temporal right here on earth. So here's what I want to do. I want to make this very practical because some of us need to feel this. I want us to do this one more time. Close your eyes. Close your eyes all around the room. And I want you to put in your mind and imagine and reflect the greatest feeling that you have ever felt in life. I want you to put in your mind the best worship experience that you ever felt when you felt really close to God. While your eyes are closed, just start to imagine and think about how good you felt at the greatest day of your life. Now multiply that by 100. I said 100 because if I said 1,000, you might not be able to tangibly take that. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. I want you to take it in. Multiply it by 100. That is only a sneak peek of what eternity in God's presence is going to be like. That's a sliver of who he is to us in his presence. Now in contrast, keep your eyes closed. Think about the worst day of your life. Think about the most excruciating pain that you've ever felt in your life. Think about the biggest heartbreak that you've ever felt when someone rejected you. That's a sneak peek of what life every day will be like in eternity in hell. You can open your eyes. I wanted you just to take a moment to think about that because sometimes we think about this thing somewhere out there. But I wanted you to be able to feel what we're talking about just like God wants us to feel it. Because in this coming new year of 2020, what we have an opportunity is to do is to reset life. Even right here today, we have an opportunity to reset the calendar of life. If you go back 2020, 2020 years ago, the whole reason why they even started to calendar like that was because Jesus was born. There was a before Christ and an after Christ. Now, if the whole world would actually mark time off of the birth of Jesus, how much of an advantage of an inside track do we have to know that all time started over when he came on the earth, but we don't just need to know him casually. We can know him in relationship. We can know him as redeemer. I want us to know here today 
that as we recognize the benefits of our relationship with Jesus Christ, he wants to make sure that we don't just see him as a figure that's historic. He wants us to see him as the gift that he is. And many of us this week, we're going to receive some gifts. I told you, you might be one in here that doesn't have any family. So take this as a generous gift from your pastor. You have a gift today to receive who Jesus is. But just like we talked about today, a lot of times this gift is actually covered by different things, covered by circumstances, covered by fear and doubt, covered by condemnation, covered by me not forgiving myself for that thing that nobody knows about. But if we can unwrap who he is and say, I want to make sure that I'm encountering him, what we have opportunity to do is take hold of this gift that is not Santa Claus, but this gift of Jesus. This gift of the one who is not just a historical figure. While this might be a plush little dial in my hand, God wants to restore some people's hearts and make them plush again. God wants to really soften the hardness of the hearts that have been disappointed by life and let you know right now, you can say, Jesus, I take hold of you as this gift. Jesus, I take hold of you. I'm no longer going to allow you to be over to the wayside. Jesus, I want to lift you up as I receive the gift that you are. So right now, what I want to do, all week I've been praying for you. I've been praying for some people in here that you might have thought that you were forgotten about. But this week I've been praying that you come into a knowledge of who Jesus is. So all around the room, if you can do me this favor, I know I've been having you trust me a lot closing your eyes. But if you can bow your heads all over the room. If you're in here today and you heard this message and you even came in here saying, I know that I need to receive this gift of Jesus and I haven't done it yet, that I want to make sure that I'm forgiven of my past, that I have peace for my present, and that I have eternal life in my future. If that's you in here with every head bowed, can you just lift your hand to me? I see those hands all over the room. I've been praying for y'all all week, and I knew it that y'all were going to be here today. You can put those hands down. If you're in here today and you said, man, I want to make sure that as I'm leaving one year and entering into a new decade, that I truly walk in every benefit of the gift that Jesus is, that I want to recommit my life right now as a sign unto heaven. Nobody else is looking for me, but as a sign unto heaven. If that's you in here and you want to recommit your life to Jesus, why don't you lift your hand in the air? I see those hands all over the room. I see those hands. Do me a favor, put those hands down, and I'm going to ask that you repeat this prayer after me all over the room. Lord Jesus, I thank you for being my gift. Thank you for coming to the earth over 2,000 years ago. Today I repent of my sins, which means I turn away from my way of doing things. I turn away from my wisdom. I even turn away from not forgiving myself and I turn towards you. Today, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. 
And Holy Spirit, I ask that you walk with me and allow me to live for you. Empower me by your spirit so that I can be all that you called me to be. In Jesus' name, I am new and I am saved. Amen. Right now, while you're right there at your seat, I just wanted to do this because, again, when you leave here today, traffic is still going to be going to the mall. People are still going to be calling you. You're going to get text messages and inboxes and DMs. But I want to let you know that this is a time that we focus on the presence of God. So before we scatter today, we're going to take a moment just to remember and think on his goodness and realize the real reason for this season called Christmas. We're going to sing a song. And I want you, however you want to worship God, if you just want to sit there, if you want to take it in, if you want to stand, if you want to come down to the altar for these next several moments, just connect with who God is for you. God bless you, Victory. Victory.